1: To the Weekly Dish. Yo. Yo. Weekly dish yo. This is the part of the show where we get to the top two in our two, but, but before we do that, yeah. this poor Sonny over there, I didn't give her a warning, and yeah. she's waiting to hit the sounder, we're going to answer the question about candy. Yeah. So... I, I not to usurp you, but I do think wild rice is good.
2: <laughs> wild rice is great. And, and why is it great? Because nobody knows what it is. They don't you don't see it. in I mean, it is a northern Minnesota produced thing. And I mean, yes, you, it grows in other places, but specifically, especially the beautiful black rice, you know, that is collected by hand harvested by Native Americans in the north of Minnesota is something that is completely uniquely ours. So, yes. and I think that's it. And it's got a great story, you know, it's got heritage and it's delicious. And if you cook it like a porridge, you should definitely put on a recipe to cook like a wild rice porridge, oh, that which Hell's is like a risotto and Omen
1: porridge recipe. No, no, no.
2: That's like a sugary. I'm You're thinking porridge as far as like a breakfast porridge. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. And this actually ties into what I'm about to talk about on top two in our two, but porridge as a savory thing, like a, like a savory, warm, Porridge. So how would we make? A we're going to talk rice? about that. Okay, we're going to talk about that. It's a wild talk rice, about-
1: and then for candy, yep. You're traveling, so maybe chocolates aren't the best. So we were thinking Annie B's caramels are produced here locally. We were thinking Pearson's um, nut rolls, mm-hmm. which would definitely travel well, and those are made in Minnesota. Um, we had a couple of other things that we talked about. We talked about just uh, going to El Burrito perhaps and getting like a bunch of Mexican candies yep. from them because that's always fun and something unique and different so there you go candies. there it is candies 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 oh and i want to say one other one thomasina's peanut brittle yeah is delicious yeah and it is locally produced and you can find it at Season specialty foods you can also find it at the golden fig um she's a lovely woman who makes a delicious brittle Boom. It's cashew brittle, I think. It is. It's so I think good, she though. has a few different brittles. Yeah, yum. Love yeah. her brittle. Every time I see it, I eat it. Yeah. Okay, so that leads us to, and Sonny. Hit it up, girl. Top two in hour two, lady. Give the old one two. one, two, one, two.
2: And now, the Weekly <laughs> Dish presents. Top two, top two. The top two.
0: Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give All me two, Willie. One, two, one, two. One, two, one, two.
1: Alright, this is the part of the show where we tell you two things we're obsessing about in the last week. Beth, you want to start? Sure. Your first one is so funny because I sent this recipe I know, no, to Elizabeth. Listen, okay. here's what happened. So it's the Carbonara
2: lasagna that has been all over Bon Appetit site. Best part is, so Elizabeth talked a lot about Carbonara last week. And I had three different people be like, can you possibly... I'm like, "Eh, can you listen to the show and listen to how she says it, because it's kind of important to listen to her technique. And then uh, so I see this carbonara lasagna come up online, and I sent it to her. She goes, you're so funny. Hanson sent me that three seconds ago. (laughs) And I was like, that's amazing! Because I saw it, and I was like, oh, Bernie loves carbonara. She might like this, too. Oh, my God. But you guys, this carbonara lasagna, I feel like this might have to go down today. I've already made the quinoa lasagna, you know, which I'm pushing for health in the house right now and uh, to battle all the colds and everything else coming around. and But I don't know, man. I This pasta with it's basically these beautiful sheets of pasta with pancetta and they've got ricotta fontina parmesan, heavy cream in there and she's layering them and putting them and then there's this beautiful, like, there's like four eggs on top. I just don't know what to not do with this. I'm just going to put it in my face. I'm so excited.
1: I think that sounds delicious. I know.
2: And like on a rainy, listen people, on a rainy, ewy day like today, I feel like this should be a thing.
1: I think it should be a thing. Yeah. So All
2: that's right. Carbonara lasagna and you and I with our group think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's good. It's,
1: it's super good. good. Are you kidding me? I saw that picture and I thought of you, but then I also thought about Bernie because she loves Elizabeth Carbonara. Yeah, she I does. Was like, Maybe this would be a and new way to present it. It was the first thing that she made in her new kitchen. So
2: that's a big thing for And I'm still am looking for pictures if you guys on her about her kitchen. I've seen her
1: stove, but... I can't wait. Yeah. um, Is she going to do a big kitchen reveal? I think so. Okay. And that leads me to a totally random thought that I just want to say it out loud. Say it. We're thinking about remodeling our kitchen again. Oh, (laughs) God. Because I don't like the kitchen I have. Even though we remodeled it. You did. When we moved in. You remodeled it. We kind of half remodeled it. Like, we made it so that it would be up to my standards. We got new appliances. We painted it. We got new countertops that I've always hated. And that was what we did. And that's not cheap. That's like, you know, a 20 right. grand fix. Yeah. And we've decided that if we're going to stay in this house, which was a big if. Yeah, because you were thinking about moving again. We might. But I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to stay here, I want the kitchen I want again. And I'm going to redo it. Okay. So that's another discussion It's a discussion part of your life. For you should day. have it. Yep. Yeah, because right. I just like, it's the only room in my house I even care about, to be honest. That and my bed. No, if
2: the next house I have will be all kitchen. That's it. I just want a giant kitchen and yeah. a place to put a table if we can all eat. That's it. And then there'll be like a bedroom. Yeah. And I,
1: <laughs> I care about I don't the bed. anything else. And like a closet. That's it. Yep. yep. That's all you need. All right. What's your first one? All right. So I did something this morning based on Bradley Trainer's picture on Instagram, which I don't do very often, but he posted a picture of a beautiful display of dahlias. Oh. And he said, I'm so glad I got the Hoffa farmer's market flower share and i was like hafa oh that must be the hamong sorry not hamong the Hmong american farmers association mm-hmm. has a csa and as part of the csa they have a fall flower share cool so i go and i research it and i can't get a csa in the summer anymore because we're not home oh right but i'm home in the fall so October 13th, so you still have time, people, is the first installment of the fall Hmong Farmer Share. Oh! You can get just for fall. So it goes like October 13th through the middle of November. It'll be like all your fall vegetables, right? Your cabbages, your roots, your fruits, your herbs. And then it also, they have an optional flower share that you can add on. So for thirty dollar, $32 a week, $20 for my fall produce and $12, no, it's 32 for my flowers, I am getting a fall farm share. Wow. And I'm excited about it. Because I really liked getting, I think getting a farm share is awesome. If yeah. you don't grow anything yourself, or you are home in the summer, getting a farm share just like forces you to cook. And it makes you get creative, and you learn more about different produce and what's seasonal. So I signed up this morning for the fall farm share, and for the fall flower share.
2: Uh, I'm just going to say, just because I dipped into the site, they have a Thanksgiving yes, vegetable share, which is include 15 veggies. That's just going to come from November 17th. There's like you just you go one day. You go one day. You and get, you get it. all your you get all Thanksgiving your stuff.
1: veggies and you can get a, Stop it. You can get a turkey.
2: I see that they also have a you can order your. OK, listen up. This Thanksgiving vegetable share is 50 bucks and you get 15 veggies. This is brilliant
1: and you get to add on turkey if you want and you can add a turkey to it from what's the Ferndale Market thank you because I was going to say farmland and I knew that wasn't right no 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 this is amazing this is amazing and you go pick it up and there's a number of locations you can pick it up at the Good Acre I'm going to pick mine up at the Mississippi Market on West 7th but they have Minneapolis stops too both St. Paul and Minneapolis yep so I'm going
2: to put that right on the website right that's now. That's my top
1: two Okay, uh, that's for your first my one. first one because I signed up.
2: Okay. Uh, my second one is going to be... Um,
1: so it's the porridge situation. Let's talk about porridge, okay? I feel S- like we kanjied your face off last winter. I know, and I just started kanjiing again. Basically... And can you explain what kanji is right. and what porridge is?
2: Uh, okay, well, I mean... I don't know what the... Okay, so kanji is basically rice.
1: Isn't it white, specifically white
2: rice? No. Okay. did you see my picture? No. Um. It is... I'm just pushing this up here. Uh, so, okay. Kanji is, is usually a breakfast item. And it's a warm sort of rice porridge. Basically, you cook rice with a, so much water that it breaks it down so that it's not like... You know how when you get rice and it absorbs it? Yeah. There's so much water that it doesn't absorb it. You know, so it breaks down. And so then it becomes sort of soupy. And so you get this sort of glutinous, but it's kind of creamy uh, way of, of rice. It's almost like, again, I think about you know risottos and things like that. You know where you you kind of give small amounts until it absorbs it. This is the opposite. This is just like letting it have a lot of water. So for instance, my instant pot kanji is pretty easy. It's one cup of rice and seven cups of water, and I put that all together in the instant pot, and I put it on for fifteen minutes. And then we're there, we're going now using a jasmine rice is kind of where you want to go with it. Um, that breaks down the easiest, and then you get a lovely, creamy, you know, white rice thing. But I used this last week forbidden rice, which is black rice, and that takes a little bit longer. I actually put it back in the instant pot for another, you know, seven minutes, I think, after because it was a little bit harder to break down. And it was just as beautiful. But basically what you're getting is a porridge, right? And so for me, a savory porridge, you know, I'm not a huge sweet thing, but also I want it for dinner. Like I want, as much as I want a risotto, I want kanji or something like that. So porridge. So I found this recipe for, because I'm, I'm good with my kanji, right? But there's something else. There's kind of another level. And I found this dashi Porridge, rice porridge, which dashi is a broth that you make with kombu, which is a seaweed. I'm going to put all this up so you don't have to worry about tracing these words I'm saying. But it's more of like a rich broth that you make from seaweed. And then you kind of you you kind of let it go on the stovetop and you make this porridge. But so my whole theory is this winter, I feel like I'm going to get real porridgey and I'm going to do it with wild rice because I don't want. There's plenty of manomen porridge, which is about. Wild rice and breakfast and cream. But I'm thinking, how can I take this into the savory thing? And the thing I want to do ever is put pork on it, crack an egg over it. You know, all those kind of things. How can I get there? So I'm telling you that I'm on a porridge
1: project she's giving us a, a primer
2: yeah so i'm gonna have a porridge product i'm gonna put up this uh this this beautiful porridge that they have from um you know from bon appetit which is shows you also how to make kanji uh, or with dashi and then we're gonna go from there so okay. if
1: you're with me on the ride i'm just saying it's gonna be a really warm and comforting ride yum yeah uh i will quickly wrap up by saying it is heather's pie class time Top two, take her class. Yes. Kurt is his birthday's coming up. And I said, what do you want for your birthday? He said, I want you to make me an apple pie. Oh, so I took Heather's pie class last season. It was a great class. You learn how to make a pie. You get a rolling pin. She gives you her secret pie ingredient. And I'm also going to put up uh, fine cookings, how to make an apple pie, because it's a great primer. It goes through every single step. It's pie season. Pie season. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Russell uh, Klein from Meritage talking about Oyster Fest when we come back.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, guess what? We are being joined in studio by Chef Russell Klein from Meritage. Good morning, sir.
0: Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good.
2: We are here you were here to talk about the ninth annual Oyster Fest. Can you believe Hard it's been to crazy, believe? 9 isn't it? years? Yeah. I can't believe since it. Since the first time I held a little uh, uh, uh an oyster aloft and kind of played the game.
0: Yeah, the first year we did it, we weren't sure anybody would come and Right. now I don't know we're expecting close to a 1000 people. Right. I hope so they come because we got 22,000 oysters talk showing up. Talk
2: about Yum. that. How do you get 22,000 oysters here?
0: Um, by plane. By plane, like they—they they
2: don't walk here, <laughs> yeah. right? No.
0: Um, it's you know, it's always nerve-wracking ordering that many oysters. Yeah. It's hard to believe we go through. I think our top year we did about twenty-five thousand.
2: Get out. Yeah,
0: so it's it's incredible to me. I did the math once. It's like an oyster every like seven seconds or something for eight hours.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, the guys and the people who shuck them are incredible. You know, you always have, like, such a great raft of people back there just shucking away.
0: Yeah, it's the whole Meritage team and then we're we're really lucky. We've got, I think, 25 or 30 volunteers or something this year. Uh, if you want to volunteer, we're still taking more volunteers. You're
2: taking more volunteers? So yeah, just you show get a gift and...
0: certificate, a t-shirt. Yeah, you sign up on our website or, okay. or give us a call, but uh, it's a fun day. and uh, It's a great you, way to get in. And then you get to come to the after party.
2: The after party is the point. That's good. There's <laughs> yes. there's a few oysters at the after party, I would say. A think. few
0: oysters at the after party and <laughs> in 9 years we've only had one broken bone, so it's all Oh, good. that's yeah. really
2: lucky. 9 <laughs> years. Okay, let's and obviously this is next Sunday, the 13th. Sunday the 13th. Of October. And you, there are sti- there are tickets still there available. There are Talk tickets
0: available. Tickets. The uh the VIP all you can eat tickets have sold out. Um but there are oyster passes available for $60. They come with a dozen oysters. Um, or you can do a general admission ticket and, and, and kind of go all card for 25 bucks. Pay as
2: you go kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. There's live
0: music all day with the Southside Aces and Those May Simpson. Great.
2: They're so great. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. They've
0: been here every year. They're sort of the house band for Oysterfest. Yeah. And uh, they've got that great New Orleans style they and the jazz. And, and then Mae Simpson, you know, she she rocked the house last year. So we're bringing her back. Oh, good. Yeah.
2: OK, good. Fun. So let's talk about what's different this year, because there's something special this year.
0: Yeah, we're super excited. We've got uh, the author Rowan Jacobson coming. So Rowan literally wrote the books on on oysters. Um, I feel like everything I know about oysters I learned from his book. He's kind of from visiting guru. a farm that he told me to go visit. So, <laughs> um, so I really feel like I owe most of what I know to, uh, about oysters. He to was the inspiration
2: why you guys put in the oyster bar. He
0: was, yeah, absolutely. And so we've been trying to get him for a few years. This year, we're super excited. He's actually flying straight from Croatia to get here. The day he's there working on, on a truffle. Book, I was like, "There's no truffles. oysters in Croatia, are there?" No, no. Yes.
1: Are there? Are there? A ton. Oh, I have been to the oyster shoals in Croatia and eaten them right out of the water.
0: Well, I, I think this is going to have to be some market research. Then I believe. we're going to have to this take a trip crazy to yeah. yeah, that's, oh, that's amazing. Cool. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know. Mussels
1: that. and oysters, a lot of them. Well,
2: awesome. they are. It's such a yeah. It's such a maritime mm-hmm. state. You know, that's true. So, okay, what is and so he's going to come and so, what is he going to so do? So,
0: Rowan's going to be here. He's going to be teaching a couple of seminars. Um, um, about oysters and specifically oysters and, and wine pairings. Oh. Um, William Fev uh, Chablis, one of the great uh, producers in in Chablis in France, is is one of our sponsors, um, and he'll be talking about their wines and oysters and how they all come together. Um, we'll be focusing on the five species of oysters and how oysters are the different cultivation and and different areas that they're raised impact the flavor of the oysters.
1: God, that is cool. You know what's cool that I just heard about? I don't know if you know about this Russell, but. Apparently in New York people are giving their oyster shells restaurants after they've used them back to like this conservancy. Yeah, yeah
0: the Billion Oyster Project. Yeah. So, so, you know, New York Harbor um um there's a great book about New York Harbor called The Big Oyster um by Mark Kalansky, I think it is. Oh,
2: Karlansky yeah, is it's great. A great book. Yeah. And,
0: and and he paints in the opening chapters this incredible vibrant picture of what New York Harbor was like when when You know, settlers first came there. It it was this abundant estuary that it's hard to picture now. No, you can't. But there were massive oyster shoals there. Um, And, of course, those were depleted in the 1800s. But they've started a program bringing the oysters back because oysters are filter feeders. They They, are. They clean the water where they are.
2: They clean
0: it. And so that's one of the steps that they've taken to clean the water in New York Harbor, which is really coming back strong. There's a lot more marine life there now.
1: And they feel like with these oysters that... If they continue to do this and it continues to succeed, that the water will self-filter every three days on its own. Yeah, yeah.
0: oysters filter a gallon of water an hour each oyster. <sighs> each so, oyster, you know, you put a few million oysters in in a bay, and, yeah. and, and you know that's a few million gallons an hour that they're that they're filtering.
2: filtering. Is that cool? That is very cool. Yeah.
0: So um, restaurants all over New York have been collecting their their used shells and and they dump them back into the harbor, and those create a place where that the, the oyster spat, the little yep. bite baby microscopic oysters, can land, can seed exactly. Yeah. And once the oyster oyster lands, it never moves again. That's it until a human or some some animal or something moves it. Um, so that's their life. Um, uh-huh. So they throw out like, these, these shells on the bottom and it kind of gives them a, b- a place for the oyster beds to kind of regenerate.
2: To regenerate. Yeah. Wow, this is exciting stuff. I mean, this is, you know, I think that people are more, they don't they think of oysters as an elite food. They used to think of, I think. And I think sure. now there's a lot more people who are kind of, you know, understanding that it's not, you know, a luxury item necessarily. It doesn't have to be.
0: No, the history of oysters is that they were super cheap and abundant.
1: Yeah, you know, oyster you, stew you, you, at you, Christmas Eve. Right, yeah.
0: and you could buy them, you know, a dozen for a couple of pennies. Back in back in the day, um, you know, sort of like lobster. We yeah. think of lobster as, as a as a as a as you know, a luxury food. No. In, in its history, it was it was fed to prisoners. To in, prisoners,
2: in, in, I you know, know. Can you stand? Um, it? They were the like bugs. Well, they still are the bugs. <laughs> Big bugs. They're um, giant bugs.
0: So you know, oysters nowadays are are highly cultivated, and and there's a lot that goes into them. So they're not. You know, they were really inexpensive when they were wild and just sort of you know go find them and grab them nowadays because there's so much put into them they are a little bit more expensive and because we're in the middle of the country here um, the biggest cost that we bear for oysters is in the freight is in the ship yeah you know i always say the only people who make money on oysters are delta or it's not the oyster farmers (laughs) it's really not the restaurants you know but that middleman and the you know they always get their cut
2: yeah they do yeah they do so let's talk about oyster newbies you get a lot of oyster newbies who come to oyster fest
0: yeah we get a fair amount you know it, obviously, if you're an oyster lover, it's a great event for you. But maybe your your friend or your, your spouse or whatever isn't into oysters. We've got all sorts of non oyster food for you. Yeah. So we do a pig roast, and there's um, there's a lot of grilled seafood, lobster tails, and you know we're doing crab boils and stuff like that. But then there's you know there's burgers and brats and wings, all sorts of non oyster food for yeah. For for people who for whatever reason don't like oysters, we don't understand those people, but, we, but, but, but we're <laughs> we certainly don't here to them. So accommodate them. But, you know, enough. they're out there,
2: right? But it, the, what's great too is that you can sort of learn. You can get your oyster and you can talk to the people who are there, and you can say, "Tell me about the oyster. Like, what is in the differences between kind of like you know, like a small Kumamoto versus you know, like a Balan,
0: right?" Well, you know, there are five species of oysters. Those are two of them, the balans and the kumamoto's um, uh, ones that we don't see all that often, yeah. actually, especially the balans. We'll have all five species there on Sunday, so you can really get a chance to, to, to see them all. Um We'll also have farms from both coasts, which yeah. is really the fun part. That's um, what I
2: think is cool, is talking to the farmers and learning
1: about how they do.
0: Right. So this year, we've got Hamahama. Hama. They've been here every year, and they'll be back again this year. They I only talk. know about
1: those oysters because of you. Well, thank you. Yeah, when I was at your place, and you asked, like they're like, get the Hamahamas if you can. They're so great. We still have them.
0: They actually have family in the St. Paul yeah. area, which mm-hmm. is kind of what brings them here every year. Yeah. They're, they're happy. They they do a visit with their family and, can, and come visit us, too. So it's kind of cool. Um, and then what's really, uh, another fun farm this year we've got Glacier Point from Alaska. Right oh, down. So, um, this is a farm we've been buying from for five or six years now directly. Um, they could walk in here right now. I wouldn't recognize them. I've never met them. It's an entirely text relationship. I'm super excited. To, oh, this is to, gonna to be fun! To yeah, have some beers. Here. Yeah, and so uh, they'll be down here talking about Glacier Point oysters and how you know Alaska. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know what the water is like up there and and how it affects the oysters.
2: It is so interesting. Do we have oyster stout again this year or no oyster nope. stout okay. this
0: year? Some it'll be around. Um. There'll be lots of beer to drink. Yep. Um. No oyster stout, but uh, a lot of chablis. Lot oh of yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, know, okay. A lot, right. A lot of William Fev Shibley and Tattersall Distillery is uh, is uh, doing uh, stuff. We've got a big Bloody Mary bar because Bloody Marys. Oh yeah, Jake Carver, I think, or
2: no, was it? I, I thought I thought I said Jake Carver, but okay. So here's the other thing: um, Scotch and oysters. You know. Yeah,
0: you know that smokiness is that really, is my is favorite. Really that cool. is one of my
2: like put a couple drops of a good smoky like a Laphroaig. and Aquavie.
0: Yeah oysters, I just look for like
2: the smoky like I, I feel like aquavit feels like a natural or something but for some reason Scotch surprised me that it went so well.
0: Yeah some of those PD Scotches can yeah. be really Really pretty cool with I it. Love I per- love just a couple of drops of lemon juice and a yeah. about a half a grind of fresh black pepper.
2: Yeah, I'm just lemon juice straight up all the time. All right, so let's talk again. Tickets are available for general admission, and then yep.
0: on the Meritage website,
2: one of Rowan's classes is still and
0: available. One of Rowan's classes uh, tickets will be available for that. They're going to go f- super fast. Yeah, so, if you're so get in, get on it.
2: And it's the 13th, and it starts at two uh, o'clock. Two
0: or? o'clock for for uh, general admission, people. So, okay,
2: yeah. exciting ninth year. You got, and also by the way, the whole thing of of course. The most exciting part is the shuck-off, which is where I get that's to right. MC and try P and like yell at people to shuck faster. Right.
0: Well, you are the head mother shucker. I
2: am the head mother shucker, and I want a t-shirt. Dang it, that says that. I'm going to make my own. All right. Thanks, Russell, for being here. Thanks, Steph. We'll see you guys.
0: Awesome.
1: Awesome. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish, presented by our friends at El Barrito Mercado. Make sure you visit them for brunch Saturdays and Sundays at Minneapolis and also at St. Paul. And I'm just getting ready to write a spot for them. Catering season is upon us. If you've got like holiday things coming up, they'll do a whole Mexicanized Thanksgiving for you. Just give them a shout in St. Paul and you can also pick it up in Minneapolis. Harmony Kaplan, who's with the Shop Girls, just poked her head in because she's here early for her show and she said, I cooked. She's very (laughs) Like she needed to tell us that she cooked. You know, it is cooking season, Stephanie. I know it is. It is Crocktober. Is it Crocktober? Crocktober. Crocking instant pot tober i made that one up but my instant pot is also a slow cooker so i feel like it both needs love if you are someone that is on the instant pot bandwagon or you're not but you want to be or you just want to know what the fuss is about or if you have a slow cooker because a lot of the instant pot recipes can be converted for slow cooker you want to join the weekly dish instant potters facebook group It's a phenomenal group. It's like 5,000 people strong. They talk about their recipes. They talk about their failures. If something's not working on their Instant Pot, they'll put it on there. And about 30 people will respond. I had the same problem. Here's what I did. Here's how you fix it. It's a really great group. Um, I I got off the bus or the van, which is basically a bus. (laughs) And got home, and first of all, I had nothing in my refrigerator, so I actually cleaned it, which is always a very satisfying feeling. Yes. Getting rid of all the dribs and drabs from the summer, and you know, consolidating the half ketchups and the mustards, because I kind of have two houses, and then I get all of this stuff back in the one house. Yeah. So, getting everything cleaned up and organized, and then I was just dying to cook. Because yeah. I'd made only one-pot meals. So why I was dying to cook and come back to Croctober and do more one-pot meals, I don't know. Yeah. But I was. Huh. Vegetables. Yeah. I was just like, I wanted, I wanted chicken. I really wanted chicken. I don't even like chicken that much. But we had beef for you like a month. had beef
2: forever. So you were And right. so I was like, yeah. I just
1: want a piece of chicken. So right away, I found this awesome recipe um, from the New York Times, from your gal, Allison Roman, who mm-hmm. we like a lot. It's basically, you cook two whole chickens on a rack over a bunch of onions and plums. And then I actually cut up an acorn squash into slices. You and put two chickens in a crock pot? No, oh, well, I didn't. Oh. I'm getting to the crock sorry, pot. Sorry,
2: sorry, sorry. I, I misunderstood. In a pan
1: on a rack. Okay. And the chicken cooks and you rub it with sumac and lemon. I had to go to Penzi's to get sumac. But it all like gets juicy, juicy, juicy onto all the chicken juices. Yeah, and so the plum onion part makes like a fruit chutney. Oh, and then I had the acorn squash slices, so that was just the side. So that was awesome. But then I had all this chicken. Yeah. So then, do you have to do two? No, I may. You can make a half a recipe. Okay. But the idea is, is if you do two, because it's no harder to cook two. No. Then you have a whole rotisserie chicken that you've cooked. Or not rotisserie, but you know what I'm saying. Roasted yeah, chicken. roasted chicken. So then I made um, chicken noodle soup in the crock pot. It's very soupy season, right? Yep. Then I made a green chicken enchilada. Mm. I didn't make it in the crock pot, but I made them. And then I was still not done because I still felt like cooking. <laughs> so I made spaghetti and meatballs in the crock pot and brought it to Ellie for dinner. Oh. So... I've been home three days and all I've done is be sick and cook.
2: Yeah. Right. (laughs)
1: But like I've cooked so much food. It's hilarious. Because now my food in my freezer is like totally full again. Yeah. But Crocktober is like so easy. If you haven't like get your crock pot out. It's the season. It's the time. I went to June last night, which is now reopened on Washington Avenue in the North Loop. It's a great Chinese dumpling house and they pull their own noodles. Szechuan. Szechuan. So good. They had this, like, all I've wanted is just like big bowls of soup. Yeah. They had this big bowl of like a beefy, briskety, noodly soup that was so delicious. Oh, yeah. So, Crocktober, I'm going to be crocking a lot and instant pottobering a lot.
2: Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, are you, so are you doing this so that like you're leaving, you're doing it in the morning and then you're leaving? Or is this like, because that's, because that's the whole thing of like, I guess that's what I think of why people have crock pots is so that they can do that. Yep.
1: I do it for a couple of reasons. One, I just like cooking in the crock pot. It's comforting, it's warm. I love the smell in my house. Uh, Instant Pot is awesome too. I've cooked a lot of things in the Instant Pot and there's so many great cookbooks now for the Instant Pot. If I was a like mom who worked, and I was, yeah. It's your lifesaver. Like I my sister doesn't use a crock pot. I'm like, I don't get it. Why do you not get this? Like, if you just think it's gray meat, you're old fashioned in your thinking. There's so many ways to use the crock pot now and so many things that you can do.
2: Yeah. I mean for me the instant pot has saved me. It's it's the time saver for me. You know and and I can't Absolutely. but I'm not like an all day, you know, I'm not a huge crock pot fan because I feel like it's all yeah. wet and weird. But I do think like the, the ability to take a frozen piece of chicken and be like I didn't think about what's for dinner tonight until this very second and I have frozen chicken, I know that's going to take me too long to just put it in the instant pot for 7 minutes and it's done and then i can shred it and make other things yeah totally that to
1: me is worth the price of admission and the other day i had both going like i had my crock pot was making chicken broth because then i had all these bones right from all the chicken that i made so that was making chicken broth and my crock pot was making the spaghetti and meatballs yeah so a lot of times i'm using both and it's just, I don't know. Like, know. something about fall just makes me want to crock and well, instant yeah. pot my face off. Well, I mean, and
2: that's uh, so... I And I've been making... I've been cooking on my stove because I'm cold. <laughs> and because I want, my, I want my house... I want to heat it up with the stove. Yeah. Which is a flip from freaking Monday. I mean, like, not even, like, seven days ago. It was 90, and I was like, no,
1: don't touch anything, you know? It's funny because all the time I was on the road... It was fall and getting more fall like. And I was in In the the mountains. Yeah. So I'm wearing my winter coat and a hat and gloves. And you guys are in 80 degree heat pretty much the entire month of September. So fall kind of came in like a banshee about five days ago, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, funny. it was up and down, but it was like, it's definitely, you know, it had, it had gotten really nice and cozy. And then all of a sudden we got that 90 on that Monday that was
1: random and evil. What do you think um, is the most like surprising thing you've made in the Instant Pot that you've just been like, oh, this is so good?
2: Um, I don't know if I've been surprised. I mean, I haven't really taken it to the extreme. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I you don't haven't use been inserts testing it. And no, I don't. And that's the thing is, I look at these recipes, and I know, like, our our lovely friend Barbara Lyons, who kind of you know is a really active member of our Instant Pot group. She, you know, they all have these like inserts, and they have like these pans that they use, and people bake in it or they make cake. And I just think I don't. I don't think I'm there. I mean, I like it for what it is, and i and i I just don't think I'm ever going to put special inserts and make it
1: that I do f- that way. I want you to try the spaghetti and meatballs. That seems strange to me because you literally put the spaghetti sauce, the meatballs, and then you put the like spaghetti, not cooked spaghetti, the dried spaghetti, into the pot. Yeah. And you cook it all at once. Okay. It's really a fantastic recipe. Does your
2: meat come out, like you put in raw meat in there? Yeah. And it comes
1: out yeah. gray-ish? But it's in sauce, it's so, in you sauce so you see don't see care? it? No. Okay. All right. I'm going try that. And it's a really, like, for a weeknight meal for a family,
2: it's a great one. I mean, I'm, yeah, and I, you know, the funny thing is I was making risotto because I was like, I wanted stovetop risotto because I wanted the warmth and the smell in the house. Like, I wanted it because on Instant Pot risotto, which is great, and it's just fast, and it's just, you don't, there's no... It's like five minutes. Yeah, and it's awesome for that thing. And it's just like, now I'm starting to feel like, I'm in the beginning of the seasons of where it's like, now I want to be cooking, and I want the time, and I want the smell in the house, so... It's kind of that I'm kind of like riding the waves of both of those. Do you
1: do applesauce, too?
2: I've never made applesauce because nobody oh, eats applesauce in my house.
1: I like applesauce, but nobody eats it except me either. Yeah, but I do I like it. Either I, Instant Pot or crock is fine.
2: I don't. It's a weird thing. Like, I don't have any. I don't know. Maybe that's my German mother. She never made a seed applesauce or something. I don't know. And I never it's not part of my, like, personal tradition history. So do you eat yogurt? I eat yogurt, yeah, because I think
1: applesauce on yogurt is really yummy. Yeah, with just a little granola on top.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I was. So the Facebook question of the day is, what do you, what are you excited about with apples? Oh, and that was one of the things of like, do people make applesauce? There's a lot of apple cake, apple compote for pancakes or pork or you know this kind of stuff. But I don't. Uh, yeah, like I don't. I don't think of applesauce
1: ever as a thing that I do. You know how you love your bars? Yeah um like your baked potato bars your oh, cereal all that bars kind of bar. not bars
2: your, but no, like a bar
1: not bars not bars um i saw on one of the i think maybe it wasn't food network it was another channel they had a caramel apple bar. Yeah. So they had like where the kids dipped their apple and then they had all the sprinkles, sprinkles! and the nuts and the stuff. It yeah. looked really fun. Yeah. I thought that would be a fun thing for a party.
2: That would be a fun thing. for. A, by the way, I have the Germans here this weekend. My mother's sisters, the Tantas. And, uh,
1: Is that how you say it? Tanta. Yeah,
2: okay. that's aunt. Like if I say aunt honey, it's Tanta honey. And Tanta... T- is is that that's ant that's german for ant okay so like tante honey and tante yanni and tante ola although tante ola is not here but so it's uh so my mom's two sisters and um so i'm cooking for them tomorrow i'm making them and i was just trying to think of what i should do with apples like what should i make i don't know
1: oh there's a delicious palm buckle recipe that's from william sonoma that's it's actually a cake yeah, but you make it in a springform pan and you press the apples on the top of it in like a concentric circle. It's fantastic. Ooh, and you want to get kind of a juicier apple.
2: See, but I think my mom is making the dessert, so I think I'm okay. I'm looking so not for, like tart to because that's well, good so too. We have some pork from you know like a, a couple of good pork steaks from a heritage hog. I think maybe pork steak. Yum. I know. Like I'm thinking like like a gin- instant pot compote. I'm thinking like a ginger apple. Yeah, Like a spicy ginger apple, like a cayenne ginger apple compote. Like a chutney. Yeah, I guess it's a chutney. Yeah. Huh, I could do that in the Delicious. Pot, right?
1: Yes, you could. Fast. Yes. I don't know if I need to do it fast, but... Add some plums, maybe, just for a little more sweetness. Yeah. Because the apples are probably kind of tart. Yeah. Interesting. Cardamom,
2: allspice. I, all I got to tell you, you know what I am making tomorrow is pumpkin dip. Oh so it's pumpkin dip time. I am going to post a photo and, and a new if you're you know, a, recipe of the pumpkin. A new pumpkin listener
1: dip. for twelve years. Stephanie <laughs> has a famous recipe. I am I'm famous for the Mountain Dew apple dumplings. This is true. And Stephanie's famous for the pumpkin, pumpkin dip. Pumpkin dip. It is Gruyere cheese. Oh, it's taken totally. So many things. In a pumpkin. All in a pumpkin yeah. baked.
2: You'll find it out. I'll post it on Sunday. Don't ask me for it now.
1: <laughs> okay. And it'll be so delicious. Yeah. Um you know what else I saw? Uh, maybe we should I'll tell yep. you when we come back because yeah, I saw that? another recipe that I thought would be really good and easy to make for a party. Oh, okay, let's do it. You're listening to the Weekly Dish presented by our friends at El Barito Mercado. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, welcome back to
2: Weekly okay. Dish. We are so glad you were here today on this soggy Saturday with us. It's been a lot of fun. I'm so glad that Hanson is back. I gotta oh, tell that's you, so nice. Not just because I can finally post links while I'm in the show, <laughs> 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 but because I just I missed you. I missed us
1: so I it's funny I did too and I had I had this great intention that I would podcast while I was on the road and I brought (laughs) all my equipment and then I did a podcast with Kurt in the van you did I didn't hit record oh but we did it for like 40 minutes oh god and he gave us all the goodness of him and we got done and I was like oh my gosh I didn't record any of this and he goes I'm too exhausted to do that again. Like to just talk for forty minutes is exhausting. Hello, and it made me laugh. Hello, I was like, see, (laughs) it's not as easy as it looks. Thank you very much. Right? Um, Okay. You said you have one more recipe that you would love to for some for people entertaining or something like that. Oh, okay. Remember that? Thank you for reminding me of it. Here's what it is, and I actually saw this woman do it in a video, and I was like, oh, that is a good idea. Your dish, whatever your dish is, your pretty serving dish. Yeah. Your hunks of feta cheese. Hunks. Like, not, you take the yeah. big square and you just break them up into big hunks. Okay. Black olives, green olives. Okay. Thyme. Okay. Rosemary. Yeah. Take the rosemary off the woody stem, but leave the thyme kind of whole, sprinkle a few leaves so it's pretty. Okay. Lemon peel. Okay. Olive oil. Sure. Bake it.
2: Oh. So there's just, it's baked feta. Yeah. With stuff.
1: Yeah. And it's just kind of you serve it with the sliced baguettes or pitas. Yeah, and it's just this sort of ooey gooey salty I'm yummy. I'm freaking down. Oh, so the salt pe- and pepper too.
2: Okay, so this the it's kind of just like yeah. It doesn't like melt into a goo, but it kind of gets soft and like it gets soft powdery. and warm. <sighs> Isn't that Stop it was it. so if simple? I also had hummus next to it, and then you know? Oh,
1: okay. Someone good. was saying, Sorry. I don't mean Do to you yell. make your own hummus? You know. I read a recipe I read this whole article about I think we've done this on the show
2: like where I was like all about making my own hummus and I tried a bunch and then
1: there, I read an article that was like these are the things you don't need to make yourself because they're not better. Yeah, and hummus was one of them, and I, I kind of agree.
2: I kind of agree. The, I've tried. I have jars of tahini in my home, and I make it, and then Jake's like, "This tastes weird," and then nobody eats it, and so i have like, "And the
1: tahini is more expensive than just buying the hummus
2: already made, but it's it's well done." I know. I don't. I kind of have this dream of making perfect hummus, and I, for some reason, I can't do it. So, whose do you buy? I I I cycle. I cycle through. I try everybody's because I want to try them all. I get Holy Land a lot because they're local, and then I get Cedars, and then I do all sorts of stuff. But
1: there's one that has a lot of canola oil that I don't buy. Oh. That's more of a major try producer. To do,
2: yeah, I know. I try to get as you know as like least processed as possible. But
1: um, the other thing they said that's not worth buying, hmm. and I just could. This I was like, there's no way chicken broth. They were like, just buy it. It's so much easier.
2: Um, I'm, I'm on both hands on that. I do buy it so that I have backup because I seem to never, I seem to assume that my freezer is full of chicken broth and it kind of isn't. mine is? Yeah, yours is. (laughs) So you feel like it's yours. Or like I've made it and it's like, oh, that was, that was a month ago already and it's been in my fridge and so then it's bad. You know what I mean? Like I, I have a weird process or I come home and it's already, it's frozen and I need it now. So I have, I do have boxes of broth, but that's, you know. I also will always make it. Um, hey, let's get let's talk about what's going on this weekend. Yeah. Because there's a ton of stuff happening. I wanted to call out Red Wagon Pizza's fifth birthday party, Peter circus. Oh my god. They're having a huge circus in their parking lot tomorrow on Sunday. Um, and they are it's just basically go and hang out. They've got pizza, they've got beer. Fulton is there. Um, and they're, they're going to have like, you know, unicyclists and jugglers and crazy stuff and good DJs. It's going to be a great party. It's supposed to be great tomorrow, by the way.
1: Yes. For the marathon. Yes. What
2: do you think about that? You glad you're not running.
1: I'm glad I'm not personally running, but I will be out there. It's like the triumph of the human spirit. Yeah. I can't not watch people running for their lives. Yep. And I always watch right about the university club. Well, so because
2: you're, it goes right around your neighborhood. Yeah. So you can and I just over. feel
1: like it's so... If you've never run a marathon... It's really hard, and, and all these people do it, and it feels a, great to watch. Yeah,
2: it is. I've I've been a marathon cheer. I will never run a marathon. I already know that about myself. But I do love cheering people on for it. It is it's super fun. Magical. And I've jumped in and run with a couple people over my lifetime, and that's fun to just kind of give them a chit chatter. Yeah. And I can run for like two miles with them or something like that. That's always good. Um. So good luck to runners tomorrow. Seriously, yes. like kick some butt, ladies and gents. Um. Centro is having their festival of corn. I think it's today, isn't it? It is today. Yeah. So that's kind of a fun one, too, over in Northeast in the parking lot. And they are doing celebrating corn with tamales and elote and all sorts of good stuff. That's exciting.
1: Corn. Our friend Jen loves corn.
2: Yes. Corn and corn dogs? Just anything corn. corn. Anything corn. I know. Um, Speaking of things that have happened while you were
1: gone... A lot of restaurant openings and some closings. Yeah, there was...
2: God, there seems like there was a ton of closings. And I kept waiting for like the big, what is happening thing. And it's funny, it never sort of... It didn't really... Pop up yet?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I feel like with all these tariffs on food and the small farmers struggling and the minimum wage and healthcare, like we're just in a really hard time for restaurants in the next couple of years. Yeah.
2: And I, next week, I want to have someone to talk about the tariffs. Please. So we can talk about what that, how that's going to affect cheese shops. I'm hoping Ben Roberts from French 44 will come on. He doesn't know that. I just put that out there. A couple things. Libertine in Uptown has closed. Bye. I know. So good in the beginning. Bye bye. Elephant Bar in Lower Town is closed. Sad about that because I I never went. But that location
1: is horrible. I they put a lot of money into it too. And I don't even know. It's like it was the old Hugi 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 coffee shop. It's right off the light rail line, but there's like nowhere to park. Yeah, it's hard to see.
2: Yeah, that that, that that's that's a horrible location. That rail line going up where causes all sorts of panic.
1: Yeah, I just and I live in St. Paul and I'm excited about what's happening in St. Paul. And I wanted to get to that place because I think he's a talented chef, but I never did. Yeah.
2: And it may reopen, but apparently Lucas is done. He's out. So uh, New Bohemia seems to be imploding, too. Like they closed their original location, then they closed Uptown, um, which is, I guess, great for Famous Dave's, which is going back into Uptown in that spot with a different sort of thing. So that's I don't know. But then there's things like Tori Ramen. You know, Chicago Taste Authority comes back, and then Tori Ramen takes the spot. So like In there the, is a cycle of life. What's that? It's like a dining car. Yeah, it was a train car for yeah. It's uh, cool
1: for it was Chicago Taste Authority, right? Yeah, right by Pajarito, right across the street.
2: Yeah. And then there's things like Applebee's. I love the kids who, you know, Whiskey Inferno and Bourbon Butcher. They are people who take over Applebee's and make them into something way special. I love that. And they are putting a tequila butcher, you guys, into Chanhassen for my wee Sub crew out there. I want to say we are going to have some Mezcal peeps. That
1: is exciting for me. I was at a Mezcal bar and I thought about you. Oh, my God. I I was like, can you please give me some Mezcal that's not smoky? Oh, and they just gave me the face. I know. I know. I would just like, yes, no. Come on. I like tequila, but... But they did give me the face, just in case you're wondering.
2: All right. Well, there we go, kids. Thanks for joining
1: us today. Check out our podcast. That'll we'll release a new episode on Wednesday. It's Weekly Dish Second Helpings. Ciao, ciao.